Reconciling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Rosh Hashanah, the new year. We have um, September the 6th through the 8th, Rosh Hashanah 2021. In the natural, we had the Feast of the Lord in Leviticus 23. And of course, the seven feasts of the Lord based upon lunations or the moons. And each of these seven feasts are Moed, divine appointments of God with man. And these are shadow things to come. As we see in Psalm 89, 15, blessed are the people that know the holy sound. As I'm reading here, it says, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. For they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Walking in the light is he's in the light. But to do that, we must know the joyful sound. The feast of the Lord of the Moed of the divine appointments of God with man. That is in Psalm 89, 15. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance and the light of God himself. That's present truth. The flowing truth of God, the way of truth, not a place of truth or a place of light, but the way of light, which is always dynamic. It's always progressing and revealing more and more unto the body of Christ. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now, after we have received the word of truth, we are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until we receive the promised possession. So each time we hear the word of God, and we receive it by faith. Then it is tried as by fire. Anytime we have a revelation and rejoice in all these diverse temptations that you fall into, which is a trying of the faith, that your faith may be tried as by fire and come forth as pure gold. So we will be tried, and it's through the fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost whose fan is in his hand, and he will truly purge his floor. So the joyful sound are the Moed. They are the feast of the Lord. They are the seasons of God, three seasons that have seven separate feasts. As we look at the first season of Passover, we have three feasts in that season of Passover. The feast of Passover, the feast of unleavened bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. Blessed are the people that know that joyful sound, that know these feasts of the Lord, that know the time and the light that they are walking in as he is in the light. That is imperative, essential, for us to be walking in the light as he is in the light, which is present truth. It's not just learning or knowing that we are entering into Jesus and being born of the water and the Spirit. That's a wonderful time. Born again. And those are babies. The newborn babes desire and sincere milk of the Word. They may grow thereby. And that's a wonderful time. But we don't stop there. And unfortunately, 
That's where most of the denominational churches stop. They say, well, you're once saved, always saved. And you've got that out of the way. So now we just have fellowship. We'll have a, a corporate gathering, more like a social club. And we'll have some singing and uh, some preaching and maybe uh, talk about a pre-tribulation rapture because any day we're going home. Well, it's further, it's just not the truth. It's a further thing from the truth in, in truth. Why? Because God expects us to grow up into him, into Jesus Christ, into himself, in all things, all truth. That's the reason why the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. The signified is a seal. It is things that are guaranteed will come to pass. So blessed is he that readeth and keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are in these days now. Well, we, may, we must make sure that we have uh, literally partake of each of the feasts of the Lord. Now, Peter says that these are spots in your feast of charity. A feast of charity? Yes, a feast of charity when we go add to your faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And then add to your knowledge. Temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate or self-controlled in all things. And then add to your temperance patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience that you may receive a full reward. But let patience have her perfect work. Well, what worked at patience? Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And then after patience, we have to add to patience godliness. Godliness is the God life. It's a little G-O-D-L-I-N-E-S-S. Godliness. That's the God life. And the mystery of godliness is, uh, as stated by Paul in 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, the God life. It's all predicated upon Jesus Christ, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other salvation except in him. And that way of light is godliness, the way of life, the way of the truth, is the life or godliness. And he said, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. God himself, not the son of God, not the second person of the Godhead. God himself was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory, God himself. There are some that say that Jesus is just a regular man and was not God and there was no divinity in him at all. That there was not the virgin birth, but that was literally the son of uh, Joseph and Mary. 
which is a lie. Anytime we break the scriptures, then it is a lie. And I'm talking about the Holy Receptus, the Holy Writ, the Holy Word of God. As holy men of God were moved on by the Holy Ghost. It's the Theranuptus. It's the God-breathed Word of God. And out of we have over uh, 40 authors in 66 books in different times and different locations, and yet it's all perfectly fit together in one as a golden cord and a silver uh, lining through the Word of God, giving us the truth. We can't add anything to it or take away from it. But it's revealed by the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, Scripture, interpret Scripture. Well, in a sense, we can take the letter of the Word, and by looking simply at the letter, we can say, well, there's direct contradictions in the Word of God. If we look at only the letter, if you read it like a newspaper and say, well, now here's what it says, and here over here, and it's a direct contradiction. And in the letter of the Word, it would be true. But these direct contradictions in the Spirit show us a deeper truth where there is no contradiction in the Spirit. That's the reason the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth the life. So therefore, we can only interpret these scriptures through the Holy Ghost, by the leading of the Holy Ghost. There is no other way. For the Holy Ghost, Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. In 1 John 2.20, you have an unction from the Holy One. And you have no need that any man teach you. Why? Because the unction from the Holy One is the leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost, saying, here is the way, walk you in it, but not an intellectual understanding. It is through the spirit of man. Therefore, that's the reason why the individual must be born again. So in that first season is that season of three feasts, the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits, which we know in Leviticus 23 was a shadow of things to come, for Christ is uh, our Passover, the Passover lamb, sacrificed for us, that he was our propitiation for sin, that he's the one that died in our stead. That's our Passover, just as the lamb was set aside in Egypt for Israel to put the blood of that lamb of the first year without spot, male of the first year without spot or blemish, upon the doorpost and the lintel. And when the Lord passed by, he passed over and did not kill the firstborn because he saw the blood applied to the door. Well, the door is the door of our heart now. That lamb was kept up for four days and found to be spotless, blameless, the perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God, which Jesus was kept up four days before Pilate, Caiaphas, Pilate, and Herod, and said, I find, Pilate said, I find nothing worthy of death in this man. Well, he's our perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. Well, that is the Feast of Passover, the death. And on the preparation where the Lamb was killed, at that very same exact time, Jesus had his hands spread 
and nailed to the cross along with his feet and was dying and uh, at that preparation. As he died, then Joseph of Arimathea came by and begged the body of Jesus. And when he did, uh, put him in a tomb where no man had been laid before. And as they laid Jesus there, three days, three nights, there that he would be in the tomb. And during that time, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, God himself, through the man Christ Jesus, will declare him to be the Son of God. Proclamate him, promulgate it, publish it, proclaim to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. How do we know the gospel's real? Because Jesus is that resurrection and the life. And he said himself, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. And the Jews said, 40 and six years were they building this, this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days? But Jesus spake of the temple of his body. Well, we have the Passover. Jesus dies. Totally dead. Not, uh, not a facade, but he died. Then he was buried. And as he was buried, then uh, the Spirit of God, going through Jesus' body, soul and spirit, his human body, rational soul and human spirit, there declared him to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. If there had been one thing amiss in either body, soul, or spirit, then he could not have been the Son, the son of God and raised from the dead. But there was nothing worthy of death in him. He was a spotless, blameless, perfect Lamb of God. Well, three days, three nights there in the tomb, and then on that was raised from the dead, first fruit. So we have the first three feasts there in the first season of Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Feast of First Fruits. Feast of Passover, he died. The blood's applied. There it's shed upon the cross of Calvary. And Jesus took the law and the ordinances, the ordinances of that law of Moses and nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition that parted God from man, thereby making peace and making one new man. The first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, the second Adam, was made a quickening spirit. The Lord is that spirit now. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Well, as he died, he gave up the ghost, said, Father, into thy hands. I commend my spirit, the veil rent from top to bottom in the temple, showing the way into the holiest, the holiest of all, the most holy place, is now made manifest. And he's declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. There is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. No sin in him. Nothing amiss in his body, soul, or spirit. Then he's raised from the dead. The Feast of First Fruits that he would have the preeminence in all things. He's the first begotten from the dead. Well, that's the first season. Blessed 
is the people that know the joyful sound. Well, we know that Jesus is our Passover lamb. We know that he died, feast of Passover. We know that he was buried, and there was no sin in him, unleavened bread. And the feast of first fruits in three days, he was raised from the dead. So we know that joyful sound. We know that first season. We know those th first three feasts, the Moed, the divine appointments of God with man. And he did that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel according to Matthew, he's declared as the line of the tribe of Judah. And the gospel according to John Mark. The gospel according to Mark, he is the perfect man. There's the face of a man. And the gospel according to Luke, the beloved physician. He is declared to be the suffering servant, the ox, the face of an ox. And John, the beloved disciple, John the Revelator, the gospel according to John, he is the eagle. Blind man, ox, and eagle, there is the face that God has shown forth his glory in, Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why in Genesis 3.24, after the fall, he set cherubim at the east end of the garden of God. That east or eastward is RMD. It's a work of the Holy Ghost. Cherubim at the east end of the garden of God. And flaming sword turning every which way. We know that word of God is as a flaming sword. Right? Divided, dividing asunder the spirit from the soul turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. So we rejoice in those first three feasts. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. But it doesn't stop there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then we go to the book of Acts, which we go into the next season. The next season is uh, Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks. The first season, Passover. Second season, Pentecost. Penta, 50, 50 days. And the Feast of Weeks, you will number seven weeks after first fruits. Seven times seven is 49. And on the morrow, 49 plus one is 50. You shall have a wave sheaves, plural, two wave sheaves with leaven showing that in the Pentecostal realm that we, even yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that's the reason there's leaven there in Shabbat, in the Feast of Weeks, in Pentecost. Well, we know that that season, second season, Pentecost, Jesus has been dead, death, burial, resurrection. He's seen alive after his passion for 40 days. And we know that in 50 days that we have the Feast of Pentecost, the harvest of the wave sheaves with leaven. Well, at that point, Jesus tells them in Acts, the first chapter, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me, that you shall receive power not many days hence. Now, the Jews ask him at that point, Jesus, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, they're fast-forwarding 
They're jumping the feast. Because, boy, there's going to be a feast of Pentecost, feast of weeks, before that day of atonement and the feast of tabernacles when he reigns in the, in the millennial kingdom. They're jumping feast. We cannot jump. And because Judas Iscariot thought that he would uh, force the Lord's hand in placing his kingdom then, immediately, that he would force the Lord to fight for the kingdom to be set up in the earth right then. And he betrayed the Lord, 30 pieces of silver. And after he saw what he had done, he repented, threw the 30 pieces of silver back to the priest and went out and hung himself. And his bowels gushed out because he betrayed the Lord. We cannot. And the body of Christ certainly will not betray the Lord and jump ahead and be presumptuous in the feast. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. For they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. They will walk in truth. They will not get ahead of God. Neither will they drag their feet and become backsliders. They will walk in the light as he is in the light. Well, we know Jesus told them at that time, it's not given for you to know the times or the seasons that God has put in his own power. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He's telling them now, no, we're not setting the kingdom up now, but you're going to receive power and you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now at this time, Jesus is taken up from them. And as they see him ascend into heaven in a cloud, then they, two angels said, You men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus that you see ascend into heaven shall also come back in like manner. And he will, just as he said. But we enter into the Feast of Pentecost. That is the second season with the fourth feast of the Lord. And they know they're going in an upper room and they're going to wait for that promise until they be endued with power from on high. Well, they're in there from first fruits, feast of first fruits, for 10 days. For Jesus had already shown himself alive after his passion for 40 days. They only lacked 10 more days. And it would be the feast of Pentecost. Well, there, they're in one mind and one accord. They are obeying the Lord Jesus, walking in the light as he's in the light. And we can take Psalm 89, 15. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They've obeyed the current proceeding word of God. They've obeyed the voice of the Lord in that season. And they're right on time. They're walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. It's time for Pentecost. And we see that there were 120 in the upper room. Mary was there also. 
She had to be in the upper room to be saved. There is no immaculate conception that made her the mother of God. She had to be saved, born of the water and the spirit, just like every other human being. There, Acts the second chapter, verse one, and suddenly, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, when that second season was exactly on time, exactly on the precise date and time, not a minute late, not a minute early, but right on time in that light, the light of God, walking in the light and the countenance of the Lord. Suddenly, it came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. They're in one mind and one accord. And the body of Christ will have to be in one mind and one accord for the latter reign to take place in the last days. They will have to be following the leading of the Spirit of God, hearing the voice of God just as these did in the book of Acts. And they were in one mind and one accord. And suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the room where they were sitting. Cloven tongues of fire appeared. They could see it. It sat on each one of them. That's a wonderful time, a glorious time. The fire, cloven tongues of fire, literally set. They appeared and sat on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Began to speak with others, other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Acts 2, 4. They have right there a new thing, something that's never been done before. They're speaking in other tongues. Jesus said, these signs shall follow the believers. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. And they did. 17 devout nations there. And every man heard them speak in their own language. Howbeit in the spirit, they speak as mysteries unto God, for their understanding is unfruitful. But the 17 nations that were there heard them speak the wondrous works of God. Well, that is the second season, right on time. Did not jump track as Judas Iscariot did and cost him his soul. But was right on time in the leading of the Holy Ghost, obeying the voice of Jesus, wait for the promise, which saith he, you've heard of me, the promise of the Father. Wait until you be endued with power from on high. Wait. Wait on that, just like a waiter at a table. Wait on it. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall, uh, they shall walk as eagles and renew their strength. These are the ones. These are the ones that are walking in the light, in present truth, as he's in the light. Well, why is that so important today? Because the Lord is speaking again. There's a new season, but very few are listening. Just as it was in the former reign, there was many as 500 brethren at one time had seen Jesus alive after his passion. And the Lord literally telling them that you follow me and I give you my commandments. And blessed is he that follows and obeys this word. And as they follow Jesus, and as they did, as he said, and uh, a new, another commandment, a new commandment I give you, that you'll love one another, even as I've loved you. And they listened and heard the voice of God and uh, followed him. 
but there were only 120 in the upper room. What happened to the other 500 seeing him at one time? At one time. So there were thousands that seen the Lord in his resurrected glory. Yet, there was only 120 in the upper room. Why didn't they believe? He said, let the dead bury the dead, go down and preach the gospel. And that was about their business. I've, I've bought a piece of land. I must go and uh, uh, see about it. I brought some oxen. I must go prove them. Whatever that Jesus said, uh, you go and preach that gospel. You follow the word. You follow the leading. You follow the voice of the Son of God. Well, same is happening now. There's a new thing now. And just as it was in the former reign, God's doing the same thing now, but very few are listening. But the ones that are, they are in one mind and one accord. And they are the people that are blessed, that know this joyful sound, the feast of the Lord, the Moed, the divine appointments of God with man, knowing that God has changed the season. And he's getting our attention right now with judgments not only throughout the nation, kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are happening. Jesus said, uh, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, I do all these things. Shall there be evil in the city, and I, the Lord God, have not done it? Everything is happening. We can see what somebody said, well, these things are happening are bad things. They're judgments of God. And that is why we have to pay heed to the Spirit of God. God's judgments are made manifest. Your own ways have procured these things unto you. And we take it that, oh, well, it's just another catastrophe. It's another uh, act of nature. It's an act of God. But uh, it's really just a natural occurrence. No, it's not. God's hand's in it. God is doing everything and getting our attention, just like he said he would. He said there would be famine, pestilence, sword, north and beast. He said there's four sword judgments in the earth. And evil men are seducers, waxing worse and worse, calling good evil and evil good. It's happening now. And it will be worse and worse. Not better and better, but worse and worse. As the coming of the Lord draws nigh. This is so important that blessed is the people that know the joyful sound, that know the feast of the Lord, that know the time of his coming. Not the day or the hour, but certainly to know the times and the seasons. First Thessalonians 5, that that day should not take you unawares, for you're not children of the night, but you're children of the day. For the Lord said, I'll come upon them, the children of the night. I'll come upon them as a thief in the night. They will not know and they will not be looking for his coming. Well, we need to take heed. We need to take heed of these things. The Lord has admonished us. And when you see these things, then you know that the hour is there. Well, this is where we're coming. We can see the signs of the time. Somebody said, well, it's always been. There's always been earthquakes. There's always been wars. Yes, but they're accelerating. It's crescending. It's crescending uh, to an epoch to where, as we see the the crescending effect uh, crescendo it comes to a higher and the noise becomes greater and to the end and that's what's happening now well we can see that 
We can see the signs of the time, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. But there's some things that goes along with that that are unique. And that is that at that time, in the latter rain, God said, Ash give you rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord make bright clouds and pour showers every one grass in the field. But Amos tells us, Amos 7, that it's a latter growth, that latter growth, the latter rain, after the king's mowings. God's doing the king's mowings now. He's mowing the grass. All flesh is grass. And he's growing it down now. And we see in Ezekiel 21, when God draws his sword out of its sheath, that it will be upon all flesh, the righteous as well as the wicked, so that all may know that he is God. The good news is the righteous will stand. The other side is the wicked will not. But the wicked cannot understand these things, only the righteous. Daniel 12 tells us so. So what are we preparing for? Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. For they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. The feasts, which are shadows of things to come, the feasts of the Lord, are the time calendar of God, of his divine appointments of God with man. And by giving heed to this, and listening to and knowing the voice of God, that we will be obedient and sealed in Revelation 7, the apocalyptic sealing of the servants of God in their forehead, without which we will not be able to stand. The sealing is the word. It's with the Holy Ghost that after you have received the word of God, then you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. What? After that, you have received the word. And it's progressive. And the seasons are progressive. Well, we receive the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that he is our God, that he is the Lamb of God that died and was perfect, spotless, blameless, the unleavened bread, that there was no sin in him, and he's the first begotten from the dead, that he had the preeminence in all things. First fruits. Christ our first fruits. First fruits. Then Pentecost. Jesus sitting in uh, Matthew 16. As he's standing there with the disciples, he said, Some of you will not taste of death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Well, we know Judas Iscariot died, of course. But he said, some of you standing here, that's before the cross. Jesus said, some of you standing here shall not taste of death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. How did that happen? Well, they saw Jesus coming in his kingdom, the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, on the day of Pentecost. Why? Because they believe the voice of God. Wait for the promise which saith he that you've heard of me, that you shall receive power not many days hence. And they went into the upper room. They believed the voice of God. And the ones that are believing the voice of God now will be the blessed ones. They will be the only ones walking in the light as he's in the light, the Lord Jesus Christ, in present truth flowing from the throne room now. That's what's happening now. 
But the church world, generally, as we know it, go along and say, well, we're waiting for the Ezekiel 38 war, and, uh, you know, then we're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out, and all of it. That's a total lie. There's no pre-tribulation rapture, but the ones that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. And they will be witnesses to the Lord God Almighty, to the truth. They will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine because they will grow up into him in all things, all truth. And it's essential. We know all things, all truth. Where did we get it? The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show and to his servants things. What are those things? Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming. That Yeshua ben Yosef, that suffering Messiah. But John will also forerun Jesus' second coming, the second advent. And that in the latter reign will be far, far greater than the former. As just as he stated in Haggai 2, in the 21st day of the seventh month, well, not the, not, not the first month of B, not Nisan, not the 14th, but we're talking about not Pentecost, which followed uh, seven weeks and on the morrow, 50 days after first fruits. That happened some 2,000 years ago. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the last day reign of the Holy Ghost, who will hear for the time to come. Oh, that they were wise, that they would consider or know their latter end. God's doing it now, the voice of the Lord speaking and gathering together his body in one to those that have an ear. We're at the very, we're at the very threshold. We're at the very threshold at the door of this new thing. God's preparing us now through the word of God. As he said on the 19th of January, 2019, as we're coming out of a Maasai tribal church in uh, uh, Kenya, Kenya, Africa, that he said, uh, seal my people by my word. A great visitation of God. We were astounded. I just, it was, it was almost, it, it was so powerful. We couldn't even, I couldn't even walk. Seal my people by my word. As I am sending the angel from the east, Having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Not for any of our righteousness or holiness, but for his namesake, let us know that the body of Christ, all of us are coming together into one now. And that's what's happening now through the leading of the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is what God's doing now. So we've had that former reign. We've had that Pentecostal reign. It was in that former rain to come down moderately. It was a moderate rain. But the last day rain will be a profound, uh, radical change than the former rain. It'll be the last great rain of his strength. So great that it'll be so profound and so radical a change that those that do not have and make themselves new wineskins for this new wine will say, it is not God. They'll say, that's not the Lord. God doesn't do those things like that. He doesn't kill. When God said, I kill, I make alive. 
I wound, I heal. How the Lord do all these things. And they'll say, no, it's not God. God says, I call it to rain on one city and not on another. To get you to turn to me and still you wouldn't. Well, we're seeing rains now, torrential rain. We're seeing, we're seeing hurricanes. We're seeing devastations like we've never seen before. Look at Haiti. Look at India. I had uh, one of our ministers there in India sent a thing of the villages where flood water is just literally washing the, the towns and the villages away through the floods. It's happening in Haiti. It's happening in the United States. We have fires on the West Coast. We have nation against nation right now. The allies against the enemy. And we're seeing that it is coming up and is going to epoch. But before, before man goes and destroys mankind, God will do a great work. And it's at the door. If you believe it, we'd love to get in contact with you so we can be one in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'd like to know you. If the Holy Ghost is bearing witness with your spirit that this is the truth, contact us. We would love to meet you and that we will have fellowship one with another. That the Lord God know them that labor among you. That we all can be standing together in one mind and in one accord. For the Lord said, though I do all these things, I will be sought for it. You will still pray for me to do this, God said. It won't just automatically happen. We have to seek the Lord our God. And these things, those that diligently seek him, these things will come to pass. He said it will do it. God will do it in the the season and in the time. And we're in it now for those that have an ear to hear. We're way past Pentecost. We're way past Shabbat. We're in the third season of tabernacles. Uh, That season of tabernacles has three feasts. And that is, first of all, the Feast of Trumpets, the Rosh Hashanah, the new thing, the new year, the new wine, the new wineskins that God is doing now. Then Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Then the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Engathering, the Feast of Prophecy, the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Consummation of All Things. The Feast of All Feasts. We're in it now. So if the Holy Ghost is dealing with you, give us a call. Or write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Some of you have asked that this this, uh, Jesus-only doctrine be brought to your church. Simply give us a call. Write us. Drop us a line. We'd love to come. Bring this gospel to you. And again, that's Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can contact us and message us over the websites. Or if you have a question, simply ask it and we'll do our best to answer. That's at sealinggodspeople.com, sealinggodspeople.org, or dennisbeard.org. And we're going to thank you. Thank you for those ones that are lifting us up with your prayerful support and your financial donations by which we're able to keep this podcast on the air, bringing it to you. We pray over those that God manifested, multiply it back, some 30, 60, 100 fold back to you. Uh, God loves that cheerful giver and certainly multiply the seed song. 
Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.